This is the Friday, October 29th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Busy weekend over Halloween weekend. We'll get you in and out, though, in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, alongside Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe, it's always one of my favorite weekends of the year, if not my favorite. I love Halloween, but I also like all the sports going on. Douglas, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I had the under and the Packer money line last <laughs> night, and the way that game ended, I thought to myself, did I just use up every piece of good karma I have stored for the rest of my life? So your boy's going to be treading easy on ice. I got a bunch of bets, but I might just scale back the amounts. Nonsense. Nonsense. Press. <laughs> you're, you're, you're rolling. Karma is on your side. Uh, let's start in the diamond. Obviously, 1-1 series as it heads to Atlanta for three games on this uh, long baseball weekend, if you will, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I like Atlanta a little bit in the first five. I just trust Ian Anderson. And then the crowd as well. It's going to be bonkers. And we'll see if the, uh, Luis Garcia can handle it all. Obviously, he had an impressive performance in his last time out against the Red Sox, but I'll go Braves first five for a small play. Yep, I would agree with you there if I was playing the side. I like the over eight and a half runs. I'll also go over on the first five innings because we've seen lots of runs early in this series. We got, I believe it was uh, eight runs in the first game, nine runs. We've had a total of 17 runs in this series in series so far. And you've got two righties tonight, Garcia and Anderson, going against two lineups that are very good against right-handed pitching. Look at Luis Garcia. Three postseason starts, two of which he got absolutely shelled. He's only pitched nine in a third innings. He's given up 10 earned runs. So I think the Braves are going to be able to get theirs. I think Houston will be able to get theirs in some capacity against Anderson. Over eight and a half is going to be the play for me, the best play for me on this one. All right, let's go to college football. I only have a couple plays that really stand out. First, I'll talk about Cincinnati since they're among the top five in the country. I like the Bearcats to lay the lumber. This number's trickled up a little bit. I just think it's a perfect situation for them uh, given, uh, look, Navy, they didn't cover the 29 or whatever. That's understandable. Navy's unique offense. You're just not going to get a lot of possessions. It's hard to prepare for. Tulane's defense is horrendous. It's porous. Since he needs style points and a little kind of comparison Tulane had a close game with Oklahoma earlier in the year. So Bearcats, if they steamroll and curb stop the, the green wave, that's another feather in their cap. This number's trickled up to 26 and a half and 27 I'm seeing pop up. So I like UC to just kind of open up a can here. And Michael Pratt, the quarterback of Tulane, still uncertain status given concussion protocol. All right, I'll throw a couple of your way before we go to your next one. Uh, the Michigan State-Michigan game, I've got three separate wagers I like here. I like the under for the game, which is sitting around 50 and a half. I like the first half under, which is 24 and a half. And I'd also play a little bit on Sparty plus the four. Two very good defenses in this matchup. Michigan's second in scoring defense. Michigan State 21st in scoring defense. Both are top 20 in opponent yards per play. Michigan loves to run the football, right? They're 11th in the country in rushing attempts per game. And they've had a lot of success with it. They also move at a slow tempo. I believe they're just outside the top 100. So you've got a slow moving offense that wants to run the ball and grind the clock with two teams that play very good defense, Michigan State off the bye, Michigan State at home. I played the under for the game, under for the first half, and Michigan State plus the four. I would also look to the under in Penn State, Ohio State. I don't expect a whole lot from Penn State's offense. Since Sean Clifford got hurt in the second quarter of the Iowa game when they were up 17-7, they've done nothing. They scored three points the rest of that game. Clifford came back, banged up against Illinois last weekend, and the Lions only mustered 10 total points in regulation against a bad defense. I know James Franklin's out there saying that Clifford's back to being 100%. I don't see how that's possible 
how you can be hurt like that for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, two days later with minimal practice, you're right back to 100%. I'm not going to take him at his word on that one. Sorry. Uh, Ohio State giving up just 12.8 points per game in their five games since the Oregon loss. I would play under 61 in that matchup between the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions. I'm going to lay another big number, and this is more of a fate of Colorado than it is a bet on Oregon. I had Cal last week minus a nine and a half. They won, I think, 26 to three. This Colorado offense is inept as it comes. Bottom five in the country in points per game, in points per play. Decent defense, but there's just only so much you can do when the offense isn't doing much for you. And then they have to go to Eugene. So back-to-back road games after playing at Cal. Now they go to the Ducks. Now a little bit of a flat spot potential for Oregon, but still uh, – and Oregon's not vintage Oregon, right? But it still goes up and down the field with pace and has the speed at all the key positions. I think Colorado gets overwhelmed. And we're looking at like a 38-6 game kind of thing. Um, Over-under is only 49. And <laughs> you're laying 24 and a half now. That's uh, it's not easy. You've got a team total of about 12. But in all the losses for Colorado this year, they haven't scored more than 14. Their two wins came against Arizona, which is winless. And the other one was an FCS opponent. So it's going to be tough to the buffs to get on the scoreboard. So I'll lay the 24 and a half. You truly are the betting bully. You find these bad teams and you just pulverize them into the ground. But I got to say, I've been watching it for three years and you've been quite successful with it from futures plays like the Orioles season win total under to individual game plays when you isolate some of these bad teams like Colorado. I'll throw two more your way. Auburn minus two and a half over Ole Miss. I like the spot for Auburn at home off a of bye week. Under the lights, 7 p.m. start, rowdy crowd against an Ole Miss team that's playing its fifth consecutive SEC conference game. They were at Bama, hosting Arkansas, at Tennessee, hosting LSU, at Auburn. I think that's going to be too much to overcome here. There's a reason the Auburn Tigers are ranked over the much better record that is the Ole Miss Rebels in that one. So keep your eye on that. I'm also going to play, and I don't know how big I'm going to go with this yet, but UNC plus four over Notre Dame. The more I look at the spot, the more I get excited about UNC. Two weeks to get ready. A big revenge spot after what happened last year. The strength of their team is the offense. Notre Dame's defense is middle of the pack. It's been big game after big game after big game for the Irish. They've been playing with fire, finding ways to get it done. But a lot of these games are tight. And with four in my pocket, I like it. You've also got Notre Dame's uh, All-American safety I, I want to say Kyle Anderson, but I might have the name wrong there. I apologize if I do. He's out for this game with a knee injury. That's a huge blow to the Irish secondary going against Sam Howell in that Tar Heels passing attack. UNC plus four to complement uh, Auburn minus two and a half. All right. I like it. I like it. It's funny you mentioned the betting bully. Uh, <laughs> one guy tweeted at me. I'm trying to scroll and find it. He basically goes, I'm in awe of your every week you're you know, unafraid to lay such big numbers uh, in college football. Uh, it's the thing I look forward to in every week of the weekly chalk column. You got to know how to pick your spots. And same for underdogs, yep. too. Look, my best bet last night was Spurs. Um, you know, you has got to know when to pick your spots. And it uh, doesn't always work. I mean, look, I didn't put it in the column, but I hammered Northwestern last week against Michigan. They did not get there. Uh, and it was painful. So, yeah. You nailed that Spurs one last week. I tailed you on that one. Very well done. Very well done. You've been talking uh, about the Spurs for a while. They were up 23 they... to three, but then we needed <laughs> some craziness at the end. Not craziness, but you know, the free throw, the three pointer. Uh, yeah. DeJounte Murray hit a big three for me. I think it was a six point game at the time to make it three. So get me inside the number with ease on free throws. But Attaboy. all right, bud. Uh, that does it for us. Great stuff as always. We'll see you later today. So just a reminder, everyone, only a 30 minute show today. So 6 30 Eastern. For 30 minutes, we'll see you then on ESPN2.